Welcome back, everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Sylvester Inspires the Recap. Thank you for joining me once again, and I'm so excited to have Allie Mangrum on today. Thanks for being here. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm excited for you guys to get to know her and to hear her story and, and also seeing the amazing things that she's doing uh, in this world and, and actually trying to influence uh, all of us to, to be better and to um, you know, live life uh, centered, you know, and, and uh, feeling at peace and that kind of thing. And, and there's so much more to it than that. But uh, I'm grateful that you have agreed to be on. So thanks for joining us. Oh, you're welcome. So I, I want to thank uh, the sponsor Veracity Networks. Thank you for believing in me. And then once again, you listeners, thank you for believing in me as well and sharing this and, and really supporting me in all this. And, and as you know, we've had amazing people on and today's going to be no different. Um, a little background on Allie. Um, she um, is a doctor of physical therapy and a certified quantum touch energy healer, which I want to know more about. That yes. sounds amazing. It's very cool. A meditation instructor and a life coach. Yes. Um, you have an organization or a company called Living Consciously. Yes. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. And we want to we hear about that as well. Uh, she grew up like many of us where there's some struggles in her life with anxiety and some other things like that, which we're going to get into, but she's doing an amazing, uh, things in her life. And, um, but I'm going to let her tell you, I'm not going to just go read through this. So tell us a little background on yourself. Like where did you grow up and yeah. that kind of thing? Yeah. I actually grew up about 10 minutes from here. I grew up in Sandy. Oh really? Um, yeah. Lived there my whole life. Okay. Um, Went to school at the U, went to the University of Utah, okay. and then when I got married, I actually bought a house that is like five houses down from one of the houses I grew up in. Really? So yeah, so okay. I've been in this area my whole life, um, gotcha. which is which is really cool because I think a lot of times um, when we deal with trauma in our lives, which my belief on trauma is that we all have experienced trauma. Okay. The best sure. definition I've ever heard of trauma is anything less than love. Oh, you know, wow. when we experience something less than love in our yeah. life, we interpret it as trauma. And then there is there is a healing process that moves around that. Boy, I've never heard that before. And that yeah. makes so much sense. Yeah. You know, when I first heard that, it really resonated with me. Mm -hmm. And when I first started working one-on-one -on -one with people who were struggling with all different aspects of life, whether it's anxiety, depression, addiction, um, self-doubt, insecurity, you know, perfectionism, we all have something, right? right? I mean, sure. none of us get to an adulthood without something. Right. And one of the things that I found is that people either clung to their story, you know, Whatever right. happened to them was yeah. their identity and their story and their excuse. Or they beat themselves up because they didn't have a story. Mm. They didn't know why. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't, you know, I was never, you know, the things that we think are traumatic, right? I was never yeah. abused or, or raped or, you know, beaten. None of those things happened to me. So I don't really have an excuse to feel yeah. the way I feel. Okay. You know, yeah. and people have to kind of find that reconciliation of like, okay, you know, regardless of our life experience, we start to create beliefs. You know yeah. this. Oh, yeah. You know, we yeah. start to create beliefs and then surrounding those beliefs, that dictates the way we feel, the way yeah. we think, and the way we behave in this world. Sure. Yeah. You know? I'm a, I'm a huge fan of all that for sure. Yeah. And I'm excited to hear more about how yeah. you got here because, yeah. I mean, 
you know, this is obviously stuff you've had learned throughout your life and your experiences right. you've gone through. And so you did, you, we did mention that, you know, growing up, you, you had some battles with anxiety. Right. Talk a little bit about that and kind of how yeah. that shaped you a little yeah. bit. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because I think, you know, when, when you look back at your childhood, when you're in your childhood, you don't really realize anything's different, right? Mm-hmm. Like whatever you're experiencing is just what is. Right. You know, you don't know that there's something off. And I think we all kind of have that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember the first time that I realized, so I grew up with an alcoholic father. Okay. Um, he became, well, let's back up a little bit. So early childhood, we came from what seemed like a very functioning family. You know, mom and dad are married. We right. got five kids. You know, <laughs> we go to we go to church every Sunday. Right. Dad runs a successful business. You know, things seem like they're okay. But there's always those things under the surface. Yeah. And one thing that I've learned in life is even as adults, when we think that we're able to kind of hide things from our children, there's an energetic transfer that's taking place. And kids are picking up on the things that are quote unquote right. dysfunctional in the home. Sure. Right? Yeah. And, um, you know, as, as I get older and things start unfolding, you know, you start to, to recognize, oh, wow, there was, there was a lot of stuff going on. You know, yeah. my parents finally divorced when I was in probably about 10 or 11 um, because of a lot of infidelity, a lot of mm. um, drug abuse, a lot of things that were just really not okay inside the home. Right. You know, and, and my eyes didn't open it until I got older. I remember being I, probably a senior in high school and one of my guy friends just kind of nonchalantly said something about my dad being an alcoholic. And I was almost like completely shocked. Kind of shocked about it, yeah. You know, and I was driving home thinking to myself, oh my gosh, my dad's an alcoholic. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. how have I never, like, how is this not registered? Like, of course, he's in his room all the time drinking himself drinking. to comatose so you hear this you know, shock and you kind of but you put it together like man i can see yeah he is right you know and it's yeah. funny how i think a lot of people as i've gotten older and talked with people i've seen their stories unfold and a lot of times we don't realize until adulthood oh wow that was that was abusive or oh wow yeah. i was raised in this dysfunctional setting <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> i didn't realize yeah. it yeah. You know, and so I had carried anxiety. You know, I always tell people I feel like I was born with anxiety. I don't remember when it came on. Right. I felt like it was just always this little just friend I carried. It was just this little <laughs> friend I carried with me. Sure. You know, and it wasn't until I had a few experiences where I felt peace that I realized this huge difference. Right. You know, because I knew nothing but that pit in your stomach. Yeah. And when that lifted for me for the first time, I thought, what is this? Yeah. I got to find a way to feel this way more often than I'm feeling this. You know, and I think a lot of times, correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, we were something that I've uh, been studying up on you where you were searching for all these things outside of yourself. Yes. And this is the part I was really so excited for, uh, to hear and for our listeners to hear is you, you came to the realization that everything you needed was within you. Yeah. Yeah. And so I know, I I know I might be jumping ahead here just a little bit, but, uh, talk about that transition and how you kept searching outside of yourself at first and then led to what you know now. Right. I think, you know, it's interesting when you kind of look back on your journey and you realize it's not like one moment, but it's multiple little moments stacking together. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And I, I go back to, I have people ask me all the time, you know, how, how are you a functioning adult? You know, I actually ran into a childhood neighbor, 
a few months ago. Mm-hmm. And um, I hadn't seen her since I was, you know, in grade school. Yeah. And she kept looking at me. She must have said 15 times in the 10-minute conversation we had. <laughs> I just, I can't believe you're a functioning adult. Like, I would have never really? imagined, like, everything that I saw your family go through, I just can't believe that you're just normal and living a, a functioning life, right. you know? Wow. And I remember thinking back after I left that, like, okay, how did, how did I get here? You know? Yeah. And it was a lot of little moments adding up, Sure. you know? But, um, so my father actually ended up dying of a heroin overdose. Um, oh, wow. that was labeled suicide because the amount of heroin injected was beyond anything that beyond, anyone yeah. would right. think they would survive. Yeah. Now, whether he meant to do it or whether he was, you know, slowly, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Doesn't you know, matter. that's, right. that's what happened. Yeah. Um, and I can remember, so we had, me and a couple of my other siblings had gone over to his house to try to get a hold of him and, and he wasn't answering. And, and so we called the police and they came and, um, told us that he was dead. And I was 18 at the time oh, wow. and we couldn't get a hold of any other adult. Really? And so they couldn't leave they couldn't take my dad out of the home and they couldn't lock up the home without an adult present and so my other siblings left and I sat on the porch alone waiting for this to happen Mm. and I remember sitting there and thinking to myself it's it's interesting but a lot of times I have these experiences where I'll hear a song repeating in my head yeah and I remember hearing Tracy Chapman fast car Uh And it said, you've got a fast car. you got to make a decision. You leave tonight or you live and die this way. And I thought to myself, i got to make a decision. Mm. Nobody else. Yeah. You know, I leave tonight this life that is, you know, um, drugs and chaos and depression and suicide and hiding in your bedroom all day long and... You know, these, these terrible things, I leave this tonight or I live and die this way. Wow. And at the time I thought, okay, I got to prove, right? I got to prove to myself and yeah. I got to prove to the world that this is not me, yeah. that I am not this life. And so I'm going to have to do everything in my power to prove that. And I'm going to have to do it every second of every right. day. You know? Yeah. And so I went from, you know, I, I graduated high school at this, by the skin of my teeth. Uh-huh. Like, I don't even, I don't even, I think they just gave me a diploma to get rid of me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, get her out of here. You know, it'll be easier. <laughs> we don't want to deal with her. We can't deal with this girl any longer. If we give her <laughs> right. a diploma, she'll be someone else's sure. problem. Right. right. And so, you know, nobody thinks I'm going to go to college or I'm going to do anything with myself. Right. But at the time I think, okay, like, what, what makes a person successful? I don't yeah. know. I don't even know. But yeah. here's what I'm going to guess. I think education, mm-hmm. you know, I think yeah. working hard. Yeah. So I said to myself, okay, I'm going to become as educated as I can. I'm going to work on physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual every day. Right. Every day of my life, I'm going to work on that. You know, and so I had to test into the Salt Lake Community College because I never took the SATs or right. any kind of entrance exam. I, you know, probably graduated with a <laughs> below a, maybe a 1.0, you know, yeah, and right. so I have to test in to be able to even get into a community college, you know, but I just started working my way through right. and doing what I thought was going to be what I thought was going to give me that feeling of I got out of there. Right. right. I left that world behind. Right. But what I didn't realize is that you can walk away, you can leave physically a place, 
But if you don't heal emotionally, you carry it with you. Carry it with you. You just carry, it doesn't matter. You know, it's funny because my dad was actually, my dad was an amazing man. You know, he was an addict for sure, but that was one part of him. Right. And he had this amazing ability to, um, to see things in perspective. And he used to always say to me, wherever you go, there you are. And I didn't understand what he meant, you know, until I got a lot older in life. And I realized, you know, because here I thought, okay, I'm going to get the highest level of education I can, right? So that's why I went after a doctorate degree. Because if I can get a doctorate degree right. and you can call me Dr. Allie, right. then, then I've arrived, right? <laughs> then, then I'm good. Then people yeah. will know I'm worth something mm-hmm. and I've escaped this, right? But I didn't realize, oh, wow, here I am. I've graduated. I have all the things on paper they say you're supposed to have to be happy and at peace and successful, right? Exactly. I'm married, I've got some kids, we've got a home, we've got cars, we've got, I've got a degree, I've got a career. Why don't I feel any different? Yeah. You know? Right. I went yeah. all these places and I ended up, there I was. Wow. You know? That's, see, in, in the way you explained that right now, it even helped me understand it a little bit more. Because I've heard that before. Yeah. Wherever you are, wherever you go, that's where you are, you yeah. know? And that, that, that was a really uh, very well said, oh, how you put you. that together. Yeah, yeah. Man. You know, and so at that point, I was, you know, it was, it was right after I finished up my doctorate degree. I had two little kids because, like I said, I was going to attack life, right? So I didn't just go to grad school. I went to grad school. I was teaching, <laughs> let's see, 15 aerobics classes a week, like wow. high intense, like wow. kickboxing, step, weightlifting, like let's go as hard as you can, like just push your body to the core every second I ran a property management business and I had two kids (laughs) all while I was doing finishing up a doctorate degree do you look back and go how did I do how in the world (laughs) did I do that you know and I graduated and my entire world not world but my physical and emotional self crumbled I became very sick. Nobody really knew why I was sick or what it was. You know, I went to many different doctors Mm -hmm. and they diagnosed me with different things, things like fibromyalgia or, you know, the kind of the things that they're just like, we don't really know. Maybe this is it, you know? And emotionally, my anxiety got to the highest point it had ever been. So here I had done all the things I thought I was supposed to do to prove to myself I'd escaped where I came from. Yeah. And I felt the worst I'd ever felt physically and emotionally. Yeah. It's like, yeah. what the heck? What did I do? Yeah. What, where did I go wrong? Yeah. You know, I thought these things mm-hmm. were going to, to quote unquote, cure me. You yeah. know? And I think a lot of us, and probably most of us get caught up in that. Right. 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 We look to things outside of ourselves. Yeah. You know, and I had been teaching yoga all through this. Um, you know, I started teaching yoga at about 18 years old. Um, and so I understood the power of sitting inside yourself. Mm-hmm. I just hadn't been willing to go deep enough, you know? I'd, and you and you started that, did you say 18? 18. Wow. So, yeah, so at 18, you made a lot of big decisions. At 18, decisions, I made a lot of big you? decisions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my dad died. At, I, w- I turned 18 on June 16th, and my dad died August 7th. Okay. Um, and I remember going to a yoga class a few weeks after he died. And I'm sitting in the yoga class and I've never done yoga before. I don't know what this is about. And, you know, somewhere between down dog and pigeon. And (laughs) I don't know, you know, I don't know what's Mm -hmm. happening. We're in a warrior or two. And the next thing I know, I just have tears streaming down my face. And I'm, I'm feeling, 
you know, I'm feeling all these feelings I've been trying to numb for a long time. Yeah. I'm feeling all the grief and the pain and the sorrow. Mm. And I just remember laying in Shavasana and just sobbing, you know, and I left that class and I thought, there's something to this. There's something about moving your body, Mm -hmm. clearing your mind that helps you process your emotions. You know, what is that? (laughs) Like, I want to know what that is. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and I kind of went through a series of, of, you know, random events that we piece together and you go, Oh wow, those those weren't so random. Were they, they were guiding me exactly where I needed to be, you know? And I thought I was going to be a psychiatrist. It's like, I'm going to be a counselor. This is great. Like I'm going to learn how to help people heal their emotions. I'm going to kind of figure these things out. And I was all set up. I have a bachelor's degree in psychology. You know, I was going to apply, you know, I was trying to decide between, you know, what program. And, um, I had a brother who fell into a hot pot in Yellowstone national park and was really severely burned and had to go through a lot of rehab. And it was really hard and really traumatizing, you know, and I remember working with him and kind of being there as the physical therapist was working with him. And I'd kind of be there talking to him and trying to, you know, do what I could to help him. And, and one day the, the therapist looked at me and she said, you know, you should be a physical therapist. And it was like, click, like that was it. The very next day I switched and (laughs) like, I just, it was like, I just knew, no, I'm not supposed to go on further to get, to be a counselor. I'm supposed to learn everything I can about the physical body because this physical body is very important in our healing process. Yeah. And I need to understand what's happening physically. Right. You know, so, so immediately I think I had one quarter left in for my undergrad I took all the prerequisites for the PT program really and applied the next semester and made it in <laughs> which was pretty spectacular yeah you know well, man that's I mean you're you're a go-getter aren't you like, well you set your mind to something man you're you're all in well and it's interesting which is which good. is, which is good but yeah. you know as we start talking about you know, belief systems. That's what's yeah. one thing that really caught my eye with your website and what yeah. you do is talking about how important our beliefs are and right. and this concept of limiting beliefs, right? Yeah. And in my in a workshop in the workshop that I teach, I talk to people a lot about the difference between limiting beliefs and expanding beliefs. Mm. And what like and that. and recognizing that every belief you have, ev- every single belief you have is a choice. And you get to choose whether you're going to continue to believe in that. Mm. You know, even the simple things, right? right. You know, sure. there's some people out there that believe the world is flat. They can find yeah. evidence. You know, we can, sure. we can, we can, whatever, <laughs> even, even things that we think are so concrete, we right. still choose to buy into it on a daily basis. Right. right. And then there's all these other beliefs that we carry about ourselves and about the world. Mm-hmm. And as I started diving into some of the beliefs that I carried, I realized even the beliefs that I carried that I thought were quote unquote good mm-hmm. were still limiting me. Mm. And one of the beliefs I really had to look at was just that I'm a go-getter. Right. Right. Because, because I didn't, I, my desire to be that go-getter, to be the girl that gets it done, to be the girl that knows what's going on, kept me in a perpetual state of running. Mm. And when you're running, you're avoiding. Yeah, it's exhausting. And too, it's right? exhausting. Yeah. And no wonder I collapsed physically, mentally, and emotionally after I ran for all those years. Yeah. Right. You know, I always t- tell people, you know, I spent my 20s running 
I spent my 30s healing. <laughs> now I've entered my 40s and I'm going to start living. Living. You wow. know, now that I've, you know, been able to say, wow, you know, yeah, that, that part of me that's a go-getter, she's awesome. Like, I right. love her. She's great. Sure. Yeah. She's a great, she's a great person <laughs> to pull out when you need her, exactly. you know, right. but I don't have to be her all the time. Okay. You know, and yeah. I think that's a huge liberating thing when you recognize even the things that I would call strengths of mine, they can limit me if I think I have to do it all the time. Right. No, that's a good point. You know, um, so you, you go through this process and you're learning as you go, obviously, yeah. and experiences teaching you as you do this. Talk about, I mean, it's one thing to say, you know, we, we were talking about all these outside things and you thought that's what was going to make you feel better. Right. But you realize that wasn't doing it. No. And you hear this a lot. You're like, hey, it's all within us. Right. Can we talk about that? Because I'd love yeah. to hear your thoughts and yeah. philosophy on what does that mean? Right. You know, right. let our listeners know what that yeah. means. Why is it within us? And what does right. that even look like? So one of my favorite quotes is by Rumi. Mm. And he says, I love Rumi. I love Rumi. Yeah. And he says, your job is not to seek love. Now, I've added in there, your job is not to seek anything. Mm. Love, peace, serenity, knowledge, support, whatever it is you think you're after. Your job is not to seek it. Rather, your job is to let down the barriers you have built against it. Mm. Wow. Now, in my workshop, I tell people, when you finally grasp the magnitude of that quote, you will understand what it means to live consciously mm. because everything we need already exists within us, yeah. already exists around us. But we go through life and we have these experiences and based on our point of view and perception of the experience, we create a belief. And then we have that belief repeat itself enough times that it becomes an internal dialogue or storyline. We tell ourselves that story enough times and it becomes who we are. Exactly. And then we believe it. It becomes solidified to be the truth. Yeah. Right? This right. is just the truth. This is how the world mm -hmm. works. This is who I am. And that drives us. And then we think, well, I'm anxious all the time. So what I need to do is I need to get rid of this anxiety. And I need to find some place of peace. And, you know, peace is going to be found in this magical moment, right? right where right. It, Where it releases. Yeah. And... What we realize through meditation and through self-reflection and through the process of being willing to sit in us is, hey, you know what? It's not that I need to find peace outside of me. It's I need to let down the walls that I've built that keep it away from me. Mm. Wow. And I need, you know, I think one of the things that I, I have on my website is that I realize that um, none of these things are found in a fight, but they're found in a surrender. Dang. You know? Because I was going to fight, right? I was going to yeah. fight my way through this. It's <laughs> yeah. going to fight as hard as anyone has ever fought wow. to get to peace. Right. And I didn't realize for years, wait a minute, I don't need to fight for peace. I need to surrender to what's already there. Mm. Because it's here. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Very beautifully said. I, I love Rumi too. And I, one, of the, one of the things I tell my typically my female clients and I say something a little different for the male clients but and I stole it from Rumi where I, I always say quit looking for the diamond necklace it's already around your neck right you're like you're digging in the couch cushion hey has anyone seen my diamond necklace right. and it's like uh it's on your neck right 
Like it's like you're saying, it's already within you. It's, it's already there. within you, right? And again, quit fighting against it, right? You know, and so that's very well said. I think that's part of the issue is we just fight. We fight, right? You gotta just like take a step back, right. take a breather, right? Everything's right. okay. And that's you know that's the beauty of all this is that's what meditation and mm-hmm. and and I so as a quantum touch energy healer you know yeah, I've I learned yeah that. which is really yeah. so powerful <laughs> you know I've learned the power of just being mm-hmm. and what it really means to just be right you know we all you know present moment living or being present being mindful it's this it's this huge you know hype right now everybody yeah. talks about it's it a buzzword. it's a buzzword yeah. you know I'm going to be more present in my life but then when you really get to it, people are like, but I don't, I don't really even know what that means. What does it even mean? And I don't, I don't, I don't really even know how to do that. <laughs> right. It sounds glorious. Sounds good. Who doesn't want to do that? Right. But how do I get those concrete steps to get there? Yeah. Right. Sure. And, and what I love so much is that with energy work and with meditation, you're actually retraining your brain to be present mm. because our brain, like we talked about addiction before, right? right. Uh-huh. And our brain is addicted to certain thought patterns. Yeah. Our brain is a reflexive organ. It it has reflexive thought patterns, reflexive behaviors, reflexive mm-hmm. emotions that it just likes to fall into. Because like everything else in life, your brain, your thoughts will follow the path of least resistance. Exactly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So if you're used to thinking a certain way, you're used to feeling a certain way, you're used to behaving a certain way, you will just continue down that road over and over again. Right? Yeah. And... And what meditation does is it says, hey, you know, you want to learn to be more mindful. I'm going to help you train yourself. If you want to learn to play the piano, you have to sit down and practice. Yeah. Right. You got to practice it. If you want to learn to be present and mindful in your life, if you want to be able to sit inside yourself, then you have to practice. You have to practice. Yeah. You have to be willing to do it, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and the more time you spend sitting inside yourself, just witnessing what is you know that's one of my favorite concepts so in the workshop that I teach we kind of go through um, the different types of meditation how to meditate you know demystifying it letting go of the myths of it right but then we talk about the principles behind it and the first and most important principle is this concept or idea of becoming a witness in your life rather than a judge or a critic Okay. You know? Interesting. Because most of us don't realize it, but we got this little inner judge, this little inner critic that's constantly telling us, this is good, this is bad, this is right, this is wrong, this is how you do things, this is is not okay. That was stupid. That was stupid. What are you doing? Right. (laughs) You know, it's that little voice. It's it's back there. Sometimes it's so quiet, we don't really even hear it. Yeah. But it's just feeding us. It's feeding us our Mm storylines. It's feeding us our limiting beliefs. It's reminding us of who we are and what our place is right. and what the world is going to believe of us, right? And what yeah. we're going to get out of the world. Right. What can I even expect out of these situations, you know? And it's telling us that stuff all the time. And we're looking through the lens of a critic or we're looking through the lens of a judge. Mm. And then that's what we're going to see that's what and what we're going to notice. Right. And meditation is asking you to step and put that aside and say, I'm going to become a witness of my life. Dang, that's powerful. You know, I'm just going to observe this. Yeah. And let it unfold because I guarantee you, if I, if I know only one thing, (laughs) it is that I don't know everything. (laughs) Right? Right. (laughs) And we think we, our judge, our judge's job is to confirm to us what we already believe to be true. Wow. So it's like, you believe that you're not worth anything. I'm going to show you a million examples to back that belief up. To back it up, right. Whatever it is you believe, 
You just, your brain is an amazing, amazing servant, but it is a terrible master. Yeah. And too many of us allow our thoughts and our brain to be our master. Mm. You know? Yeah. This is, oh, this is who, this is, this is who you are. You know, you're worthless. Then let's just go out into the world and prove to ourselves over and over again that we're worthless. And that's all we're going to see. When you look through the lens of a witness, you catch things you never saw before. Yeah. You see things at a different angle that were always there. Yeah. Right. I mean, I remember a few years ago, (laughs) we took our little kids to um, Puerto Vallarta and we'd been at the pool three days, like at this resort for three days. And this woman walks by me and she says, oh my gosh, have your kids seen the iguanas yet? I said, no, where are they? And she just kind of chuckled and she said, they're everywhere. (laughs) And I said, what? And I started looking around and we're kind of in this jungly area. Uh And there are hundreds of iguanas all around us. Everywhere, yeah. But they, you know, they blended into the trees and they camouflaged with the, you Mm -hmm. know, leaves. And we never saw them. Now, shifting my lens didn't yep. create the iguanas. <laughs> yeah. They were there. They were there from the beginning. But I had to look at it from a different angle, mm. right? Yeah. And the second I looked at it from a different angle, then it was like, how could I have... How did I miss these? How did we miss these? Right. You know? And then the rest of the trip, that's all we did was play with the iguanas, <laughs> right? And we do oh. that in life over and over again. Right. You know? I'm looking through the world of, you know... A, I'm looking through the world alley as I got to prove who I am. Right. Because, because, you know, that old saying, you can take the girl out of the trailer, but you can never take the trailer out of the girl. Right. <laughs> right. Like I'm from, that's what yeah. I'm from. So that's who I am. Mm-hmm. Right. So no matter what I do, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. That's right. who I am. Yeah. Right. And when I can stop looking through the world with that lens and start looking at the world as a witness and just seeing what is. Things start to pop up all over the place that I Man. never imagined. And that is beautifully said. I you love know? that. That is powerful. Which is really, really, it, I mean, that has the power. That one concept has yeah. the power to change your life. Man. Man, I hope, th- I, listeners, I hope you're really listening to this because <laughs> this is powerful stuff. Yeah. yeah. Very, very amazing. I want you to t- touch base a little bit on this quantum touch energy yeah. Uh, that you do. Yeah. Talk just what that, what yeah. is that? Yeah. So it's kind of interesting because, you know, I go to school, I, I become a physical therapist and, and I start working on people's bodies. Right. Right. And I'm working up at the university of Utah, like the outpatient neuro clinic and, and, um, we're doing things where I'm massaging and traditional physical therapy stuff. And suddenly I start to pick up on stuff that I'm like, what is this? Why, why am I all of a sudden feeling this overwhelming grief? Or how the heck do I know that this guy just started smoking again when he had to stop because that's why his leg was amputated? Mm. You know, I'm picking up on these things that I'm thinking, how do I know this? What is this? You know, and I have no way of understanding what's happening. And to be honest, I'm a little scared, right? right. Like, (laughs) oh, wow, I don't know why I can feel what this person is feeling. And I don't know why I'm getting this image of something that's happening or why I feel this overwhelming urge to ask this specific question yeah. that leads this person down this path. And so I was like, I, I should probably figure this out. Right. And so I start studying and I start Google searching, you know, yeah, trying to figure right. out what is happening. Uh-huh. How, why am I picking up on emotions inside somebody's body? Um, and I came upon what was actually called the Upledger Institute. And I started reading all about what's called craniosacral therapy, which is one of the forms of therapy that I do. And um, it talks all about how we can store emotions in our body. 
Mm. How our body stores our emotions that our body actually holds is like a memory bank of our experiences and things that we haven't yet been able to process when we begin to move our body in a certain way, those emotions come up. Okay. Now you ask any yoga instructor and they will say, oh yeah, like I see people cry all the time when they get into a certain posture Yeah. and they don't know why they come up after and say, I got into pigeon stretch and I started opening my hips and suddenly I was remembering this, you know, experience as a child and I'm crying. They're not quite sure what's happening. Yeah. You know, you ask anyone that works in a field where you touch the body, you know, mm-hmm. a hairdresser, an esthetician, mm-hmm. how many times somebody has opened up about their life to them. Yeah. And they will say, yeah, like every time, like I know every, you know, my hairdresser's like, I know the life story of every client Everybody I have. Everybody that comes right? through, right, yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, this is why, because yeah. our bodies are like these little recording sure. mechanisms of all the stuff that's, that we haven't yet processed, that, you know, we stick down in that non-conscious self, you know, and I use the term non-conscious purposely over unconscious, but we stick down okay. in that part of us that we don't know, right? Yeah. And then when we start to move our body, we have access to new information. And so that's fascinating, which is, which is such a powerful tool. Yeah. And so I thought, okay, I want to learn more about this. And so I went and I took all these trainings through the Upledger Institute mm-hmm. um, and trained in what's called somato emotional release. So you're releasing emotions through the body Wow. and started helping people heal from things um, that they hadn't ever been able to access most of the time without even having to speak. You know, I don't have to talk about this childhood trauma. I don't have to fully understand, you know, and I think that's one of the biggest things is, is we want to make emotions logical where emotions are emotions. They come from emotions and logic are two completely different centers of the brain. (laughs) They couldn't be more opposite, Opposite, right? I mean, your emotion is at the very bottom of your brainstem, most primitive Mm -hmm. mechanism we have, right? We had emotions for I don't know, decades before yeah. we had the logic to make sense of them. Right. Right. Yeah. For this frontal cortex came about uh, around, <laughs> right. you know, but now that we have it, we think, oh, I need to make sense of every emotion I have. Yeah. And then that trips us up because yeah. we can't. And so when we're able to sit inside of our bodies, we're able to process emotions and things at a such easier, faster rate because we're clearing it from the body. Right. You know, and I always tell people, you can know something cognitively and logically like I can tell you till the cows come home you are of worth right right? yeah you hold worth and value and you can say I know I do but until you feel like you do yeah it's a huge difference doesn't change yeah it's kind of intellectual belief versus the heart belief. right right for sure you know and and somatoemotional release and energy healing is all about getting back into your body You know, and so as I'm doing this, this releasing emotions through people's bodies, I'm picking up more on, on this feeling of a kind of a wave running through their body. And again, I'm like, I don't know what this is. Right. (laughs) This is really interesting, but I'm not sure what it is. (laughs) And if I just clear my head and surrender to this wave, we go on this amazing journey and people get, come out of a session and they say, I feel so good. Hmm. You know, and so I, again, thought I better figure out what this is. And I started studying and I'm like, okay, I think what I'm doing is I'm tapping into people's energetic bodies. And I didn't really even know we had an energetic body. Right. (laughs) Because nobody told me that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I went to college for eight years and nobody (laughs) mentioned it. Yeah, I never heard that once. (laughs) Right. So I'm like, I better study this, right? And so um, I studied a lot about our energetic anatomy. Turns out we, our energetic body has an anatomy just like our physical body. 
Mm. You know, we have meridian lines that carry energy through us, just like our vessels carry blood through us. And our energetic body affects um, the way we're feeling physically, mentally, and emotionally. And I realize this is a really important piece, right? Yeah. None of these things are the end all be all. Right. But they're pieces. They're pieces. Right? Of, they're yeah. pieces of the puzzle. Right. So it's like if I can also address, you know, if I can address what's happening physically, what's happening emotionally, help change some thought patterns and move someone's energy, that's a pretty full picture. Yeah, for sure. You know? Yeah. And so quantum touch energy healing is just about being able to feel somebody's energy and how well it's flowing through the body clearing blocks that may be causing resistances um, that can affect, like I said, anything from, you know, how your gallbladder is functioning to your feelings of insecurity. Mm. You know, it's the energetic body is really tied into our physical and our emotional state. Wow. I'm I'm learning here. Right. Which is really cool. This is good stuff. You know, and you kind of start to find that things show up in your energetic body before they show up in your physical so if you know how to keep your energetic body healthy and flowing and moving, it also is a preemptive measure to clearing out some physical things that may come later. Okay. So that's one piece of the workshop is we talk about, okay, here you have an energetic body. Let me just give you a little education about it so you know it. Yeah, you know, right, here's yeah. here's what your energetic anatomy looks like. Here's how it affects you. And then I teach you some meditations and some self-reflection yeah. things that you can do on on your own to get energy moving. Okay. And then just like, you know, someone comes to me for physical therapy, like, oh, my ankle's hurting. I can show them a few stretches on their own. If that clears it up, great. If that doesn't clear it up, come see me and I'll mobilize it, right? right? Yeah. So same thing with the energetic body. Try these meditations. Try clearing your energy on your own. If that doesn't work, come in and we can do a session that moves your energy for you. Gotcha. Because I just become a catalyst. Yeah. I'm just, you know, that's all I am. Sure. I'm just a conduit. You know, I'm not, there's, there's a universal energy flow around us and I'm just helping to tap into that energy around us, move it through you and get things flowing better. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. That's got to be a neat experience to be able to do that. It's very, right? very, very cool. Yeah. You know, and I, I am, I feel so grateful every day that I have the opportunity to do that. Um, because really, you know, I tell people, you know, I'm doing my job right if I'm doing nothing at all. <laughs> Right. <laughs> <laughs> which is pretty cool which sounds yeah like, which sounds counter you so know when i first work? right when i first started doing this <laughs> i always came in with an agenda yeah, right my clients sure. would come see me you're coming to see me so my job is to fix you right you're here with a problem i'm gonna fix your problem yeah and my mentor used to always say to me why do you think you know the answers more than they know the answers yeah you know why are you limiting them based off of what only you know mm. and when she put it that way i was like whoa you're yeah, right. Because <laughs> yeah. I don't know a lot. <laughs> sure. So why am I limiting their growth based off only what I know? Yeah, that's that's a good way to you look know? at it. You know, so I'm sure. going to just connect into their energy. I'm going to shut off the the um, left brain almost. I'm going to yeah. shut off all the reasoning and logic and the things that are trying to tell me how things are supposed to be. And I'm going to be a witness to this person. Yeah. And whatever we see, whatever we find, we're just going to move through it as we find it. Right. You know, and that's then awesome. it's effortless, which is pretty powerful. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Um, thanks for sharing that too. No, that, you're that welcome. Is, I'm sitting here learning, going, man, this is so yeah, amazing. It's very stuff. cool stuff. Um, you know, I, there's a lot here I want to talk about, but one of the things, you know, just for our listeners, 
what is what does a day in a life look like for you? Like, what do you do right to keep yourself, you know, centered or you know, yeah. and feeling you know present and that kind of stuff? What does right. it look like? What right. do you do? You know, two things that are very important to me is that I move my physical body, and then I clear my mind. Okay, you know, and so yeah. one of my one of my catchphrases I always tell people is, you know, may your heart find peace and your mind a place of stillness. Mm. You know, and I find that through movement. And then through clarity of clearing my mind. Okay. And so, you know, I'm, I'm very physical. Like I said, I taught aerobics classes for years. Yep. And so every day I make sure I include something that moves my body, yeah. whether that's mountain biking or hiking or running or a dance class, whatever, you know, yeah. I need to move my physical Get body. Moving, yeah. Right. <laughs> and then I spend every day, sometimes it's five minutes, sometimes it's 45 minutes in a, in a state of meditation. And there's so many different kinds of meditation, you know, yeah, that's what's I so fun. I noticed on your website, you got all yeah. types of forms and right. certain situ- situations like letting go of control right. and things like that. I thought, right. wow, that's fascinating right. how there's and so many different there's ways. There's so many different ways to meditate. Yeah. And it's like exercise. There's so many different ways to exercise. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you run or swim. It's going to be good for you. Yeah. But if you, you know, are looking for a specific outcome, then you can tailor your meditation to help you reach that. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, and some of us just respond differently. Like some of us, it's it's easy to sit and close our eyes and focus on our breath where someone else that drives them crazy. Yeah. And they need something that has a little bit more movement or they need something that gives their mind, you know, a whole bunch of things to think about. Right. You know, and that helps them stay present. So, you know, that's one of the things that I think is is really important is taking the time every day to move physically and then to connect into yourself for a little bit. Okay. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's great advice for all of us, actually. Yeah. You know, and so you say you do it r- roughly around 40, 45 minutes of that kind of silence. Well, I mean, meditation. it depends. Some days all I have is five minutes, Yeah. you know? Okay. So one of my favorite things um, is called a sigh of relief or, or mm. an ujjayi breath, which is, mm. it's a way to reset your nervous system. So it's a way to kind of calm your body and bring yourself back into a state of rest and relaxation. Right. And there's actually a lot of science behind it, which is really cool. It resets that sympathetic nervous system and brings you back yeah. down into the parasympathetic, right? Okay, For those yeah. of you who kind of know that the fighter, get out of fight or flight and right. get into rest and relax, <laughs> you know, and you can do that as in as easy as one breath. You know, you take a big breath into your belly and you sigh it out. <sighs> yeah. And just that will reset you. Hmm. And sometimes maybe that's all I have time for. Yeah. And that's okay. You <laughs> yeah. know, I did a couple sides of relief. I got connected back into my body. Yeah. I, I felt myself present in the place I was. You know, there's a meditations that I teach. Um, one of my favorite ones is called Connecting to Your Senses. And it talks about opening your awareness to all your senses in whatever you're doing. Yeah. You know, so you're at home doing the dishes and, and you're aware of the sound of the water running. You're aware of the soap on your hands. You're aware of the Mm. plates that you're seeing. You're aware of the smells, you know, you're aware of, you're giving your mind so many things to think about, but everything it's thinking about is happening right now. Mm, That's a meditation. Sure. You know? Yeah. So you can do a meditation anywhere all day long. Right. Yeah. And so some days that's all I have time for yeah. and, you know, and that's enough Yeah. that, you know, and other days maybe I sit down and I just witness my breath. Yeah. I just let it come in and let it go out <laughs> and that's it. That's awesome. You know, and then sometimes yeah. I'm like, I got more time. I'm going to lay down. I'm going to do a 45 minute guided yeah. meditation where I try to gain some insight or awareness to myself. Yeah. You know, yeah. but, but every day taking time to say, I'm going to do something for me. 
Yeah. You know, and there's been times where, you know, a, a couple of years ago, I did a week long vow of silence, you know, so I sat in silence for a week. Really? Which was really cool. Was that you difficult know? at first? I mean, when you I know, hear you, when I hear that, I'm like, oh, that would be hard. Right. Right. <laughs> and it, you know, I thought about doing it for a long time and I was always very intimidated by it. Yeah. Um, because one thing that I recognized early when I started this journey of like, just trying to figure me out. Uh-huh. One thing I recognized early was that my mind was not very nice to me. My yeah. thoughts were not very nice to me. And my thoughts yelled at me a lot. It was really interesting. Like the voice inside my head was yeah. really loud and it was always yelling at me and it was always telling me what I was doing wrong. <laughs> so yeah. I like to be very busy and distracted because sure, sure. then I didn't have to hear her, right? <laughs> right. And yeah, I spent a lot that's of times trying a lot of time trying to figure her out. <laughs> yeah. And I started reading about people that did vows of silence and I thought that sounds fascinating, but I was a little afraid to sit inside myself that long. Um, but I finally, does that mean like no music? No, I didn't. So yeah. So I, Oh, that's good. So what I did was I didn't speak. Um, I didn't get on my phone. I turned my phone off. So I Mm. had no social media, no internet, no texting, um, no communication, but I, I'm a mom of three boys Yeah. and I'm a wife (laughs) and I have some responsibilities in life. And why isn't mom talking to us? I don't know. Right. Right. (laughs) And I thought, if I'm going to do this, I can't. Like, I would love to go sit in an ashram in India for a couple months. That sounds awesome. (laughs) But I don't have the ability to do that. So how can I take myself to the next level spiritually and emotionally and continue to live my life? You know? So I thought, there's got to be a way. One of the things I teach in my workshop is that there's infinite possibilities. Every time you walk up into a wall and you think, well, I can't do this because. Right. You're limiting yourself. Stop for a minute. Witness it. A door will open you know? And so I thought there's a way. And so, um, so I just set it all up, you know, I, I organized carpools and I told everyone beforehand what I was doing. And I sent out texts to the people that needed to know, look, I'm doing a vow of silence for the week. And I I sat all my kids down and I explained to them what I was doing and why I was doing it. And it ended up being such an amazing experience, not just for me, but for my whole family. Oh, okay. Because I think, you know, my kids started to a recognize like, it became more mindful of what they decided to say to me yeah. because they knew they weren't, there wasn't just going to be this automatic response, right? right. So they, they, had to, they had to really think about yeah. it. Is this worth saying to mom to get, you know, <laughs> to see how she's going to sure, respond? Yeah. You know, I can't just run up and complain that my brother hit me because mom's not going to say anything to discipline him, you know? So they started working things out themselves. And they started being more mindful yeah. of the things they chose to say, you know, and even my husband said, I started watching myself being so much more mindful of what came out of my mouth because I was more aware of the fact that I needed to just communicate exactly what you needed to hear. Right. That's, that's because you weren't going to respond back to me. Yeah. That's you know, fascinating. and it was really cool. I mean, I actually found that, and I was really pleasantly surprised that inside me was very peaceful and very calm. Mm. you know? Wow. That sounds, that sounds actually pretty amazing. It was, I mean, you know, we could do a whole other hour podcast on vows of silence and the things I learned Um, because it is pretty cool. I, I, I'm in the process of creating an advanced workshop and in that we will do one of the things that they'll do is a vow of silence. Very cool. Yeah. Well, you, you know, speaking of workshop, you know, you have the, uh, you're the presenter of a living consciously meditation workshop. Yes. Talk a little bit about that and a little bit about, you know, like your website that you have yes. and kind of what you do. Yeah. So, so the website is Meditate with Allie okay. and that's also my handle name for Instagram and Facebook. Nice. Um, 
And the workshop is a two-day event where we go over all these things that I've been talking about. So we talk about what it means to live consciously. Mm -hmm. We go over what the guiding principles are that I've decided to live my life by. You know, they don't mean they're the only things you can do or the right way or the only way. Just means that when I choose to follow these principles, I find peace. Yeah. You know, and I haven't ran into a problem yet that I can't solve with one of those principles Mm -hmm. that I can't go back on and go, okay, if I just open up to infinite possibilities, if I just let go of assumptions, if I just, you know, let go of predictions or what, or whatever one, then I, I find my way back to peace, Yeah, you know? And then, and then we talk about what meditation is, what meditation isn't and how to meditate. And then we go through these principles, you know, witnessing, yeah. How to be present in your life. That's um, awesome. What it means to hold space for another person, mm. which, you know, we could do a whole hour whole on holding hour. space, you right. know, yeah. very powerful concept, you sure. know. Um, then we talk about how to understand your energy, how to understand your behavior. Yeah. And then how to create self-love and compassion, how to yeah. sell, set healthy boundaries. And we finish it up with visualization very because well. once we've once we've learned how our mind works, how to access our non-conscious self, what the, the true power of the neuroplasticity of our brain mm-hmm. and how much we can rewire the way we're thinking, feeling, and behaving, and that we have more control than we could have ever imagined yeah. on how we think, feel, and behave, and we have absolutely no control over everything else. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> you know, and if we can wow. let go of trying to control everything else and only worry about our own thoughts, feelings, and emotions... Yeah. We change the way our brain works. And when we change the way our brain works, we change the reality we live in. Dang. So those workshops sound it's pretty powerful. amazing. Yeah. It is a pretty powerful experience. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's, an, that's an awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So right now with the, with the um, pandemic going on, uh-huh. I haven't been able to offer live workshops. Right. Um, but I'm hoping that I'll be able to get one going in June. Hopefully soon. Yep. Yeah. So if they go to my website, Meditate with Allie, um, you'll be able to see when that update comes up. Um, and then shortly you should be able to purchase the workshop also online. Oh, okay. So it's been recorded Very and you can cool. watch the workshop kind online. Kind of watch through mm-hmm. it. So, um, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in just a second. I want to, if, if there's someone out there that's listening to you right now and they're struggling and they, they're just having a hard time, what, what advice could you give them right now that, and I know you've, you've shared yeah. some amazing principles yeah. and some amazing yeah. things already, but right. is there anything that... You know, if you could speak to one person right now who's having a rough time, yeah. what would you say? I would say, um, I think one of the most important things is being able to sit inside yourself without judgment. Mm. However you choose to do that, whether you like to run and when you're running, I just want you to witness your thoughts. Yeah. I just want you to watch what you're doing, whether you're a knitter and you can sit there and knit, yeah. you know, or you're okay. You want to try meditation and you want to close your eyes and just watch your breath come in and out of your body. But start spending time with yourself. Yeah. Sit inside you without judgment. Mm. When you notice the judgment coming up, because it's going to come. Right. It's going to come in, yeah. for every single one of us. I've been meditating for years <laughs> and I still sure. judge my breath and myself. Yeah. yeah. When you notice the judgment, you just notice, oh, I'm judging. Right. And come back to witnessing. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite meditations is called Anapana breathing. And all it is, is watching your breath come in and out of your body. Mm. You don't try to change it. You don't try to alter it. 
you're not supposed to breathe a certain way. It's not right or wrong. You're just watching your breath. And they say, if you can master Anapana breathing, you will have mastered life. Really? And what does it mean to watch it though? Right? It's con- it, when you haven't yeah. no when you haven't done it before, it's yeah. confusing and that's why it's so powerful because what that means is I'm going to let it be what it is without mm. trying to change it, okay. without trying to fix it, without trying to make it be what I think it's supposed to be, right? I'm going to accept it. Dang. Now, can you imagine if you could do that for your life? <laughs> could you imagine Amazing. if you can just witness yeah. your life and say, I don't have to, I don't have to fix. I love what you have right here. The most delightful surprise in life is when you recognize there's nothing wrong with you. Yeah. If you could say, I don't have to fix myself. I don't have yeah. to change myself. I don't have to be what I what I thought I was supposed to be or what everyone else thought I was supposed to be. I don't have to prove myself. Mm-hmm. I can accept it. Wow. And I can let it be. Yeah. I can let go of controlling it. Yeah. Right? And if you can master that concept with something as benign as your breath, right? Yeah. Right. And then you take that skill and you go into a situation, you know, maybe you come home and and you're having an issue with your spouse. Yeah. And you can step back and say I'm going to witness this instead of judging it, controlling it, trying to fix it. You know, I'm just going to observe it. I'm going to let it be. I'm going to accept it. Wow. You know, because when you, what you'll find is the moment you accept something for what it is, is the moment it becomes what it was always meant to be. Mm -hmm. Wow. Very well said. You know, that's powerful. It's powerful. Wow. So, you know, I'd say just, just watch your breath. Yeah. You know, you will learn, you, <laughs> you will learn more about yourself from yeah. that exercise than anything else. Just watch your breath and whatever happens is okay. Yeah. There you go. Wow. That's great advice, actually. Yeah. Very good advice. Well, we could spend another hour easily on here. Yes. I would, I, I always find I have so much more to say, but no, I'm so grateful it. that you had me on here. No, I can't thank you enough. And I, you know, your passion about what you do is you can feel it and uh, you can't fake that. Right. You know, I've always said you can't fake energy. Right. And right. I feel I feel your positive energy. And right. I, I, I want to thank you for being willing to be vulnerable a little bit about what the stuff you struggled yeah. with. And I look back on your story, just, you know, just this short time we've been together. You know, had you not gone through all those tough times with right. your family, you wouldn't be doing what you're doing today, no. probably. Right. 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 So. I've always told my clients life happens for you. Right. It's all just it's it's just orchestrating to where you get to where right. now you're a light to this world and you're just doing great things, that. Allie. And I thank you for letting me reach out to you and invite you on here. Yes, and, well and thank for you for having me. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Yeah, you betcha. Well, um, so it's um, meditatewithally.com. Yep. Is that your website? Yep, the website is meditatewithally.com and Allie is A L L I. Perfect. Yeah, I was yeah. going to make sure you spelled that so they yeah. get that down. So there you go, listeners, another amazing person. And I just feel so blessed <laughs> that I get to sit across <laughs> these amazing people and hear their stories and, and what they're doing. And I'm just fascinated. I learned so much from you today, Ali. And and uh, so there you go. P- please share this with people that you know that may need to hear this. Um, thank you for believing in me and supporting me. And it just means the world to me. And I'm just grateful that we have people like Allie in our lives that uh, can show us the way and, and to be a light to us and and uh, and really help us realize that we are good. Yeah. Everything's okay. Right. 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 Okay. Thanks. And until uh, next time.